All right. I'm going to do it. I will boldly go where no man, not no man, but very few men have gone before. I'm picking against Dion this week. You are locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and mostly team free as of 2024 and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. I miss these shows as well. You know, the ones that allow me to predict or attempt to predict rather what will take place this weekend, keys and predicted outcomes for every game, the Pac-12 prime picks, which were four and one last week, trying to have a much better season than I did last year. Off to a good start. We'll see if that continues here in week two, but I am starting with what is going to be in many places in the country, one in particular, an unpopular opinion. I'm picking Nebraska to beat Colorado this week. I am not doing this, just to be clear, to rile up Buffs fans. Think about it like this, Colorado. And all you Colorado fans or people who love Dion listening to or watching this right now. What has Colorado longed for as a fan base? Relevance and a seat at the table, right? They wanted to be a part of NATO. And NATO for a long time said, "Mm, no, we're not going to let you in. And then eventually, Colorado wore down NATO, if they were a country in this hypothetical, and NATO granted them membership. And then, once they got into NATO, they realized, hey, there are some obligations that we have to complete as a member of this institution. Huh, there, there are things that come along with it. You don't get just the good stuff, you get the bad stuff as well. That's how I'm viewing Colorado this week. What am I talking about? In any other normal world, or with any other normal team, I should say, Colorado would be a a, a team poised for a letdown after a big emotional win. Now, would I feel more confident in this take if they were on the road at Nebraska? Absolutely, and they proved it on the road. But there is a difference. I know that Deion Sanders is a tremendous motivator. He's got a culture, and we've got all that sort of stuff laid out. But these are still 18 to 22-year-old kids. And you can't tell me that these thoughts don't creep into their mind. You will just, and you, people can tell me, coaches can tell me, fans can tell me anything they want. You cannot tell me or convince me that these thoughts do not get into kids' heads. There is a difference between being the hunter and being the hunted. It's different, it feels different. No matter how many times you play a fun round of golf with your buddies, when you step into a competitive round, it feels different. You could say it doesn't. And in theory, it shouldn't, but it does. It always, always does. So my picking Nebraska here is predicated upon a couple of things, which I'm about to dive into. And also, generally speaking, from a quote-unquote narrative standpoint, the fact that Colorado just pulled out all the stops, got a lot of breaks, not all of them for sure, but got a lot of breaks, 
had their opponent make some mistakes last time out against TCU, and they were able to get the win. They deserved full credit for that. I gave it to them after the show. They most definitely earned it. But when you are a team in college football that is on the rise, or when you are a team that is relevant in the national landscape, these are the sorts of narratives that people draw, and it's not founded out of thin air. It wasn't pulled out of our rear ends. That's not where these predictions come from. So why do I think Colorado loses to Nebraska on on Saturday? For some reason, ESPN's analytics still favors Nebraska. The Cornhuskers were a favorite for a lot longer than I would have thought until I think all the public money came in and hammered Colorado to eventually make them a favorite. I think going against what the public wants is generally a good course of action when you're looking at betting lines and such. But there's a football element to this as well. Colorado's offense was sensational. I was so impressed with it. It was better than I think anyone could have expected. And I'm sure the bus fans will already be in the comment section as I say that. No, we all knew it was going to be this good. Okay, all right, that's fine. You believe whatever you like, that it's all good. It's all love. It's all love. So Shador Sanders was operating the offense at a high level. Sean Lewis had them ready to go. They played with tempo. They played efficiently. They made good decisions. They had good play calls. They executed. Everything was so, so good. And all anyone wants to talk about with Nebraska is, hey, their offense stunk. You know why? Because their offense stunk. It was absolutely putrid and spoiled a dominant defensive performance. Do you realize how close we are to living in a world in which Nebraska squeaks by to 1-0 with a dominant defensive effort and Colorado wastes a brilliant offensive performance? I'm telling you, we are two or three football plays. We might not even be that many in both games combined from living in that sort of world. As good as Colorado's offense was on Saturday, and it was great. Nebraska on the road allowed 13 points. This is not going to be a TCU defense that for each of the last three games has allowed at least 40 points, 45 points in each of the last three games. We saw that. Has Nebraska been tested the way TCU has? No. Okay, valid. I'm going to sit here and say with confidence that if TCU played Minnesota on the road, Right now, they would not put up a 13-point defensive effort in a slugfest of a game. So every bit, as I was impressed with Colorado's offense, I was equally impressed with Nebraska's defense. And we are a lot close to the narrative around this game being much different because college football, when you get to this level and are playing at a high level, top 25, playing good teams week in and week out, It operates on a very small, razor-thin margin. That's where we are at. I don't think Matt Rule is a bum of a coach. I don't love their quarterback, Jeff Sims, as a a thrower. I like him as a runner, though. And this is a Colorado team that was gashed on the ground last week against TCU. And many people, myself included, believe that if TCU had been more committed to the ground game, particularly in the red zone, they probably win the football game. But they didn't. So they're 0-1. Nebraska, meanwhile, ran the football 37 times last week against Minnesota. They didn't have as much success as TCU did, averaging over seven yards a carry against Colorado. So when I look at Matt Rule and I say, okay, so your defense played really well on the road in week one, and you had a commitment to run the football, 
I don't think Colorado is putting up 45 points here. And I also don't think that Nebraska is going to ever abandon the run. They're going to force Colorado to defend it. Now, if Colorado's smart, here's what they do. Travis Hunter plays as many snaps as possible. God, that guy's awesome. He is spec-freaking-tacular. He is every bit worth the hype. This is the biggest key in the game. Can Colorado slow down the run? Or can Nebraska run it at will? We'll find out. I think that's the biggest key in the game. But if I'm Colorado, I'm putting extra guys in the box. I am leaving one corner in particular, Travis Hunter, out on an island to play man-to-man coverage with no safety help over the top. He looked that good in week one. I'm not giving him any help. I'm putting all my safety help to corners I might not feel as good about at this point in time. And I am loading the box. I would never show less than a seven-man box. I'd say, Jeff Sims, I dare you. I dare you to throw the football and have success against this defense. That is what I would do if I'm Colorado. And by the way, if Colorado takes away the run from Nebraska, if they can't just move it down the field primarily on the ground and you're relying on the arm of Jeff Sims, it is buffs all the way. But everybody wants to write off Nebraska because they didn't have a good offensive performance in week one. And we like offense more than we like defense. And Coach Prime knows what he's doing. The staff, they knew what they were doing in week one. They had a great game plan. They executed. Matt Rule is not a fool. He's a good football coach. And I am going with the buffs this week. Full prediction for the score later in the show. But I think Nebraska is going to, going to, is going to go into Boulder and spoil the homecoming game for Coach Prime in Boulder. That'll get people all riled up. You know what won't, because we can all just agree? Nutrafol is a great product. So you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. You really don't. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable, but you can take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. It's the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men, take their health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair, for better hair health through the whole body. That's it. That's what you need. You got to go and get it so you can get whole body wellness there. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code Locked On College. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Enter promo code Locked On College. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Locked on college. I can only imagine how upset Buffs fans are going to be with me right now. And by the way, I would like to think that everydayers can can back me up on this. When I'm wrong, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'll come on here and say, hey, that was my prediction. I was wrong. That's what I think the game looks like, though. That's what it comes down to. Does it rely on the arm of Jeff Sims? Because if so, give me the Buffs. But I think Matt Rule's a good coach. I think they're going to try and run the ball down Colorado's throat. I think there's an emotional letdown component. 
And I think Nebraska's defense will make it tougher on the Colorado offense than TCU was able to. So I think Nebraska wins that game 27 to 24. Now, let's run through the rest of the slate. Um, Washington and Oregon State are going to win by so many points, I won't bother breaking down their games because that's just the way it goes. Oregon State plays UC Davis. That's an FCS foe. And Washington plays Tulsa. They're a 35-point home favorite, so they'll be fine. So let's go through each game now and lay out the biggest key to the game, and then I'll give you my score prediction. I love getting back into this. And then later, we've got Pac-12 prime picks. Isn't it great to have football back? Week in, week out, football, football, football. Put that realignment nonsense behind us. Eventually, we're going to have news on Oregon State and Washington State. But let's just focus on the football. So Utah at Baylor. Talked about this one yesterday. Biggest key is Baylor getting good quarterback play. Blake Scheipen goes down uh, for the year. Pretty sure that's the Baylor quarterback's name. He goes down for the year with an injury. I don't care if Cam Rising plays in this game. Utah reassured what I thought of them coming into the year, which is they're a really, really good football team, and they are better with Cam Rising, but they don't have to have Cam Rising. They, they and Oregon State both are the teams most capable of winning with a backup quarterback. We saw that in week one with the Utes. We saw it last year with Oregon State. I think Utah wins 31-20. to 20. Oregon at Texas Tech. Biggest key here is the Ducks getting pressure on their old man, Tyler Shuck, who's now the quarterback for the Red Raiders, who are going to be playing all hot and bothered after their upset loss in which they blew a 17-0 lead in Laramie against the Cowboys of Wyoming out of the Mountain West. I think the biggest key is making him uncomfortable in an air raid offense. The pass rush is the biggest question for the Ducks defensively in 2023. We didn't get to learn anything against Portland State. Final score is 81-7. We didn't learn a whole heck of a lot. But this week, we'll have an idea. Cal against Auburn. Oh, boy. Auburn fans are not particularly happy with me because I am under the belief, and you best believe this will be in the Pac-12 prime picks, that Cal is going to outright win the football game. They're a six-and-a-half-point underdog in Vegas, according to our friends at FanDuel. They believe, or they think, that I am a fool for thinking that Cal is going to win the football game. Now, there is something that I think Cal needs to do. Sam Jackson is day-to-day. Cal's offense clearly capable enough, as we saw last week down in Denton when they put up 58 points, their most since 2015. They are capable of moving the football and scoring with Ben Finley at the helm. It was a tightly contested quarterback battle. I will feel a lot better about the Bears if Sam Jackson plays. I think that Auburn's defensive line is going to be a really tough challenge for for this Cal offensive line, which has a new look and a new offensive coordinator this year, or a new uh, offensive line coach, rather, this year. Well, they have a new offensive coordinator as well, who had a great week one. Cal needs to be able to run the football. Not like they did last week, where they were over 200 yards rushing. I don't need that, but give me four-ish yards of carry for 150 yards. I think Cal can get a win here, 31-27 final score. Arizona at Mississippi State. Haven't talked about this game a lot this week. Now, Arizona's going into Starkville as a nine-point underdog. That's a big number. Biggest key in this game for the Wildcats, Jaden Delora protecting the football. Last year, it was a turnover-riddled Arizona offense that couldn't quite find its footing. They hung around a little bit, but ultimately Mississippi State pulled away at the end. I think the Bulldogs win here. If this were play- I-, I wish this order had been flip-flopped. I think Arizona would have a real chance of pulling what would largely be considered an upset 
if this were played in Tucson this year and Starkville last year, because I think Arizona is further along in their rebuild. Delora is more experienced. He's had more time with Jed Fish. They've done well to upgrade their defense. I think we saw that in week one, just three points against NAU. I know it's an FCS school, but guess what? If you're a good defense at the power five level, what should you do against an FCS school? Just three points is uh, about what you should do. So hopefully that's able to materialize. Obviously, I'm pulling for Arizona in this game. I think the Bulldogs overall are a a pretty talented team. I think Will Rogers is going to be able to throw the football around as, you know, he won on Mike Leach, RIP, as his play caller, unfortunately. But I do think home field advantage and the Cowbells come out in full force here. Uh, Mississippi State wins 34-28. I like, don't love, I like an Arizona cover there. But Jaden Delora needs to protect the football. If he doesn't, if he has two or three turnovers, I, I don't think Arizona has has a great chance of winning that football game. But boy, if you talk about a game that has the opportunity to be the most program-altering win, it's that one. That is the most potentially program-altering game in week two for the Pac-12. It's Arizona at Mississippi State. That would be the second landmark win for Jed Fish during his tenure. The first being at UCLA a season ago. You do this non-conference in SEC territory, that would turn heads outside of the Pac-12 as they look ahead to the Big 12 next year. So UCLA at San Diego State. Everydayers and some UCLA fans who keep receipts know I'm not high on the Bruins this year. They looked about how I thought they might in week one. Inconsistent quarterback play going back and forth. It looks like both will play again. Here's the thing. I think this game they cover the spread, which is the exact same as it was last week against Coastal Carolina. Why do I feel that way? Because I've kept an eye on San Diego State over the first couple weeks. I'm sorry, Aztec fans, they have not been very impressive. They have struggled to throw the football. And this is a defensive line that is nasty. You've got the Murphy Twins and Laiatu Latu. That's a gnarly defensive front. And they look that way against Coastal Carolina. And I think they are going to overpower the Aztecs here. I don't think without one quarterback at the helm consistently, the offense can fully click and and, and be firing on all cylinders. I think this UCLA defense has a better game because I don't know, and this is my big key in question, can San Diego State match up with that UCLA defensive line? I, I really have my doubts based on what I've seen. I think UCLA's front four is excellent. So I think UCLA goes into Snapdragon Stadium. They're expecting a big crowd at at that new shiny place where they play football games. One-time future Pac-12 member, San Diego State, that is, RIP. Who knows? Maybe one day. We'll see. 31-14, I think UCLA uh, gets that done. Here's a great football game. Here's a great college football game. This is going to be so much fun. Washington State hosting Wisconsin. First-ranked non-conference Power 5 opponent to come to Pullman since 1998. Oh, how far the Cougars have come since their days as a bottom dweller in this conference. My biggest question here, slash key to the game, what does a new look, throw throw the ball, spread it out sort of offense under Luke Fickle with Tanner Mordecai, a quarterback, what does that new look Wisconsin offense do against Washington State? Because you may recall that last year, if I told you last year, going into this matchup, Washington State only scores 17 points, do you think they'd have won the game? Probably not. But guess what? Their defense is nasty. Jake Dickert's a good coach. And they forced a couple turnovers that helped them win the football game in Madison. 
Now, that is my concern with them going into this one is, boy, they they squeaked out of there on the road to their credit. They fully took that game from Wisconsin, uh, who was a bowl team last year. But I don't know if the Washington State defense has the same sort of teeth and the same capability they had a, as a year ago. This is going to be our first real indicator there. The offense looked good. I don't have as many questions, but Cam Ward has to protect the football. And we got to see what this Wisconsin offense can do against the Washington State defense. They'll be on the road. Pullman should be rocking. Home opener. That game's on ABC. I I think it's going to be a great football game. I do have Wisconsin coming out of there with a 27-20 victory. The line is right around 6, 6.5, depending on where you look. A lot of games this weekend. Tickets will be available if you want them at game time. Because buying tickets to your favorite events, be it college football or anything else, just shouldn't be stressful. And with game time, it's not. It's the easy and fast way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I'm a big stand-up comedy guy. Fun fact, I did a little stand-up comedy in college. Yeah, that's a true story. It's a thing that I did. Flash deals and last-minute tickets are available. That's where you can go in and boom, the deal just flashes right in front of your face. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, whatever it is. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, whatever you want. Football is what we're all going to right now, right? So if you want to get tickets to any of these games, go to Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's continue to roll along here. We got a couple games left, and then I'll give you the Pac 12 Prime picks, which is uh, for those of you who are new around here, my best bets week in, week out. Didn't do well last year. Did well last week, though. Four and one. I take that every week. Um, if you want to come in here and fade the picks because I did so well last week, hey, do so at your own peril. Uh, so I think Wisconsin wins 27-20. Uh, last two games to discuss here before we get to said Pac-12 prime picks. Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Here, here's the question I've got. Does the Arizona State offense, which looked really good for one drive and basically one drive only against Southern Utah last Thursday, with extra time off, do they bounce back? Do they find their groove? Does Jaden Rashada settle down? They're at home again. They're at home each of the first four weeks here in 2023. But they were the least impressive team. In fact, they look like the worst team in the Pac-12 in week one. Now, it's just week one. This is a long season. Everybody's going to play 12 regular season games, and a lot of teams will end up playing a bowl game as well. By the time the regular season concludes, we will not view these teams in the same light as we currently see them. Some may be the same, but they won't all be the same. So I wonder what Arizona State looks like there. How do they bounce back? I find this line to be curious. Now, Oklahoma State's quarterback situation gives me pause. I wasn't wowed by the ASU defense on Thursday. I was calling that game on Southern Utah radio, and the Southern Utah offensive line, they they were not able to create anything in the run blocking department, but boy, the pass protection was just fine. So, If Oklahoma State's quarterback is more likely than not to be comfortable, whoever it ends up being, that may may be a situation where they're able to thrive. Uh, That that line is uh, curiously small. That's one of the Pac-12 prime picks. I think Oklahoma State wins 31-17. But I want to know, what does that ASU offense look like in week two? 
And did you know we have a Pac-12 intra-conference battle this Saturday. USC and Stanford both play Notre Dame, so they always have this matchup in week two. USC is a 29.5 point favorite. I had Stanford as an outright winner in terms of the vibe on Monday's show, which will, of course, be returning, so like and subscribe if you haven't already. After Saturday's games, we'll also do a reaction show once uh, the day's games wrap up. But Stanford looked the way you would want a competent Power 5 team to play on the road at Hawaii. They did. They won 37, was it 37-24? They were in control of the game. They moved the ball. They got it to Benjamin Urosik. They had an identity on offense. They moved quickly. They ran the ball. Saw a lot of things that I liked. Vegas came back and said, you're still a 29.5 point road favorite against USC. I got the Trojans 52 to 24. I think Stanford just, just narrowly, just narrowly, just barely, ever so slightly could cover there. That's not going to the Pac-12 prime picks, though, because I don't love putting big lines in there. So let's get to this week's Pac-12 prime picks. We did very well last week. Four correct, one incorrect. Coastal Carolina, they covered by half a point. Oregon State, uh, I thought San Jose State would give them more of a battle, but Oregon State said, um, no, excuse me, we're, we're really, really good. We're not, we're not going to allow this to just all of a sudden be an upset game or a week one trap game, which is what I heard on some other uh, media outlets and radio shows. But all the other ones, Utah, yeah, yeah they covered. Yeah, Stanford, oh, yeah, they, they covered uh, as well. So things went well for the Pac-12 prime picks in week one. Am I too bold this week? Hmm, maybe. Maybe. Let's start with the first game that I talked about to lead today's show. Nebraska is down to plus two and a half at Colorado. Now, this line moved at one point in time to three and a half, as in Colorado favored by three and a half. That's curious. All these lines brought to you by FanDuel, by the way. That line got out to three and a half. That's after it was Nebraska minus nine and a half before the season. Then then Colorado wins. It came down to Colorado as a two and a half point underdog. And, and then I suspect the public said, oh, we love Colorado, Colorado. I'm on the hype train. I'm all on board with Dion. I love Dion, everything like that. And they moved the line back out to Colorado minus three and a half or all the way out, I should say, to Colorado minus three and a half. And now we have moved it back. Late money tends to be sharp money. So I think the Sharps are coming in saying, this is an overreaction to week one. This is a Colorado team that is not going to replicate its success in every single facet as they did on the road against TCU, which has a very porous defense. And I am taking Nebraska. I think they're winning the game outright, plus two and a half at Colorado. That's uh, one of my best bets for the week. Oklahoma State, minus three and a half at Arizona State. I, I really don't get why this line is so small. Maybe it's, it's because Oklahoma State is on the road. But here's what I'm looking at. A true freshman quarterback in Jane Rashada starting just his second game. A team, that are, a team around him that was overall unimpressive aside from his weapons, which we knew were good, and they are. Xavier Guillory, Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers, and the like. But outside of that, it didn't show you a whole heck of a lot. Kenny Dillingham, his second game as a head coach, and Mike Gundy, his, what, second decade as, as a head coach? He's been there a long time. I, I, I think overall team composition 
I've got quarterback questions at Oklahoma State, but I've got him in Arizona State as well because Rashada is still going to be prone to make some freshman mistakes. This is his first game against a Power 5 school. I think Oklahoma State wins that game 31-17, and I think they cover that three and a half. That's one of three road favorites. I might be out of my mind this week. That's one of three road favorites I think are covering in Pac-12 games this week. Let's talk about Oregon. JK, I pulled them out at the last second because... Boy, they toss tortillas at Texas Tech, don't they? Yeah, that's their tradition before kickoff because once long ago, someone uh, covering a game in Lubbock said, there's nothing here but a tortilla factory. And then they started throwing tortillas at kickoff. So that's kind of uh, what they do. I had them in. I I think Oregon covers, but that's not one of my five picks here. So let's get to my other road favorites. Utah, minus eight at Baylor. I think Utah is a really good football team. Did you know that Baylor's lost five consecutive football games, including their last two to group of five programs, and four of those losses have been by double digits? Eight is a lot of points to swallow. It is. But if Cam Rising ends up playing in that game, all bets are off. Give me the Utes uh, comfortably. I, I think they win that game by a score of 31 to 20. If Cam, That's if Cam Rising doesn't play. If Cam Rising does pl- Cam Rising does play, eh, Utes could go mid to upper thirties. That's that's I like Utah a lot. I think Baylor is down in a bad way at the moment. Without their starting quarterback against this Utah defense, forget it. Utah minus eight. Uh, UCLA. I think their defensive front is going to be too dominant for San Diego State, who has not impressed me so far through a couple of weeks. The the Bruins, who I am down on. Compared to some others, Josh Pate thinks they're going to the Pac-12 title game. I think he's out of his mind, but I love their defensive front. In in another universe in which perhaps DTR is back for an eighth season of college football, it would have been his sixth, but would have felt like his 18th. If he had been back, I would like UCLA a lot more because I love their defensive line. I, I think they're going to be too much. I think San Diego State really struggles to score in this game, and, and UCLA puts it together, covers over two touchdowns on the road. I think that number is that big for a reason. 14 and a half. I'm okay with it. 31 to 14. Final score right there. And that brings us to my favorite pick of the week. Do I like Cal on the money line? I do. I think they're winning 31-27. So do I love them plus six and a half? Bet your rear end I do. Because six and a half is a lot of points to give to a team that I think is capable of scoring them. That I think is in a position to be able to win this game and at the very least hang around. Last time Peyton Thorne came out west, didn't go so great. Just just throwing it out there, didn't go so great. Michigan State, uh, they kind of got drubbed as the number 11 team in the country by the Huskies. Were the Huskies better than Cal? Yes, of course. Of course they were. <clears throat> Though, uh, by the way, that same uh, Cal team that, uh, or that same Washington team that beat Peyton Thorne so badly, um, only won uh, 28-21 at Cal last year. Just saying. Just saying. Would I love this line even more if it were over a touchdown? Yes. But then I would question the money line component. I think Cal's winning. So I think you take them plus six and a half at the very least. I expect them to be able to hang around. So just to recap for the week. Brought to you by FanDuel. The lines I think are your best bets across the Pac-12 going into week two. Nebraska plus two and a half. Oklahoma State minus three and a half, Cal plus six and a half, Utah minus eight, and UCLA minus 14 and a half. See if I can keep the good times rolling. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy the football, and until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.